Right Hook. Speaking of doping scandals, uh, completely and utterly free of any scandal of any kind is uh, GP Kira Kelly here to do the Right Hook Health Checkup. If you've got a question, send me a text to 53106, co- uh, cost 30 cents. Uh, Dr. Kelly, welcome to the programme. Thank you very much, George. Um, are you, what did I read you on the Sunday Independent? The six steps to ultimate happiness or something, was it? Um, we're doing a series on change. Change is possible and uh, so we're writing about that at the moment, yes. That's why I didn't read it. I know now because it was about change and I'm certainly not <laughs> open to change. Um, how did you get on with Jane Coleman? Any itchy scrotums at all over the last couple of weeks? Sadly, no. I couldn't. Un- I actually was thrown at sea completely because he never mentioned it once. So, Well, I want to talk to you about itchy scrotums. If you don't I, mind. I, I wouldn't have expected anything less of you. Serious question. Go on. I went to, to Bermuda, right? Mm-hmm. And I swam in the sea, right? Now, two things. One, you know about my scrotum. And the other thing is, you know, I've had this gash in my shin, which has great difficulty healing because of poor circulation. Have we underestimated the healing qualities of seawater? I think salt water is great. I recommend it to people for all sorts of things. If they have a, an infected, ingrown toenail, I tell them to stick their foot in a basin of salty water. If they've just had a baby, I take them to t- have salt baths. I think salt water is very, very good. And it's great for washing things. It doesn't irritate your skin, but it is a low-level antiseptic uh, quality. Now, when you're talking about having um, uh, a salt water bath, you're not suggesting putting fresh water in and emptying the salt cellar into I it. I certainly am. Are you? Yeah, absolutely. Is that the same as the sea? Yeah, it's the salt content, George, that that, that does right. it, okay. uh, and it, and it's very effective. And did your did your leg did it help your leg? Unbelievably, yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, unbelievably. I, I went in every day, and and like it was miraculous, yeah. almost really. And the scrotum, uh, no itching. Speaking of no itching, what about the poor fella who he gave up fags five years ago? Yeah, and you're a huge give up the fags. I certainly person. am. Yeah. But sure, now he's coughing up brown mucus stuff again. Yeah, Colm, should he be worried? No, he shouldn't be worried, but he probably has a chest infection. Colm has been a smoker and he's now an ex-smoker and well done, Colm, and you will never regret it because it's the best thing you'll ever do for yourself. Um, but it doesn't mean that once you give them up that your chest is immune from ever having another problem again. He's coughing up discoloured sputum. The chances are he has a bit of a dose. He says he was, it was five years ago and he had a problem at the time and then he got good again. So this is a new onset uh, coughing up of the dirty sputum and I would suggest he probably has a chest infection and may need to go and have his chest listened to with a stethoscope by his trusty GP. All right, loan cost just 60 quid to have some fella say, take a deep breath. It's fantastic stuff. I should have tried, learned, tried to learn it years ago. I wanted more discharges. God above, how can you have your dinner after this? <laughs> Owen in leash. This fella, black discharge from his nasal area. And he has severe head pain as well. Yeah, there's something going on here, okay? There's not many things. It's not like Qatar or something like that. Well, George, truthfully, there's not many things give you a black discharge. Oh. There's two things, really. Dirt, and by dirt I mean possibly, you know, people would have a blackish discharge if they were heavy smokers or if they work in a coal mine or something. So if they have some kind of an external black toxin going in, you can discharge black. But the other thing that 
sometimes can have a black discharge is blood. Um, they can sometimes be blackish in discharge. And neither of those things is good. And he has a severe headache. So this is a guy who needs to go and have a check. At the, yeah. He may need, in fact, a CT of his sinuses, but he certainly needs to be checked out because something is going on. It is, you know, he was saying, is this normal? No, it's absolutely not normal. And we, we can't say here, even though we're absolutely excellent, you and I, at diagnosing yeah. <laughs> at long distance and remove. But we can't say what this is, but yeah. it certainly needs to be checked. Because the point is, although I tend to bring some sanity to this discussion, as you say, the answer to every problem is to ring for an ambulance it, it, it is true to say that the body gives symptoms because there's something wrong yeah. so every if you have a symptom that isn't normal you at least should say to yourself well, the, the, my body is telling me yep, something completely. Isn't that right? it's like uh, at your car if there's a little flashing light on the dashboard it's correct, trying to yeah. tell you something yeah. and this is the same thing nobody should have black coming from your nose okay nobody mm. should and unless this man is a coal miner uh, which I don't think he is because I think he would have said the chances are it's probably a blood-stained discharge and he needs to be checked immediately. And in fact, you know what we would really like here? We'd like him to get back to us and tell him tell us what it is because little do they know that I, I, I worry about these people that you text would, us. I know, yeah, I'm going to yeah. go, are you all right now, love? Well, so we'd love to know ourselves, right. but he certainly needs to get it checked. It is not normal, far are from we, it. Are we worried about the fellow who has Globus Faragius or Faragius? <laughs> I think this man, it's, is your, I, in fairness to you, George, it's spelt always, but it is, I think he means he has Globus uh, pharyngeus, which used to be called Globus hystericus. What that means is, is that you have a sensation of something in your throat, but when they've looked into your throat, they can't find anything. So it's uh, psychological? Well, they used to think that. Now they're less certain. They think that possibly what it is, is, is that when you swallow, there's a kind of a wave of muscle action that kind of happens down through your kind of esophagus and all. And if it doesn't happen in the right order, sometimes you get a kind of a kind of a heaped up yeah. muscle sensation so it can be a functional thing it's not functioning exactly right but either way it's not a sinister thing If it provided he has the correct diagnosis one of the things we should red flag and you know how I love to be um, catastrophic here on the right of tech but difficulty swallowing for a doc- from a doctor's point of view is a red flag okay and when I say by red flag is yeah. we want to rule out something nasty there so difficulty swallowing anybody who's suffering with that go and get it checked um it needs to be looked into. Well, is is that the same now as Pat, who is Barrett's esophagus? Is that the same? No, well, Barrett's esophagus is an interesting condition because Barrett's esophagus is caused by the backwashing of acid from your stomach into your esophagus. And over time, the acid has damaged the lining of your esophagus and it has changed the lining. Barrett's esophagus is a precancerous condition, provided it is, you know, that you go on strong antacids and it's monitored and all that. You're, you're, you're kind of okay, but it has to be monitored. It has to be monitored at all times because it is precancerous and it, it's important that people look after themselves and watch themselves yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Because when I rang you in the middle of the night, well, it was the <laughs> middle of the night for me, but it was One of the many times. From Chicago. I was convinced I had uh, cancer of the esophagus or something because I had all that. Whereas, in fact, I had reflux. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. But but the point is, for this person or anybody else, you don't know whether it's reflux or something more serious. Do you know what? People who have those types of symptoms need, they need a camera to be put down and a a little, a little look around inside the stomach, inside the esophagus to see what it is that's going on. Globus pharyngeus is not anything that you need to be concerned about, but it's a diagnosis of exclusion. What that means is, is you've looked down and made sure there's nothing else going on and you've said, look, you've got this sensation and it's no big deal, but only after you rule out the other nasty stuff.
Yeah, well, I came back from my holidays this morning and I met Mark Simpson, my uh-huh. producer, and I had a headache within 30 minutes, right? Now, there seems to be a lot of reasons for headaches here. What about the fella who, whenever he lies down, he gets terrible headaches in the forehead and eyes? Takes about two hours to go away. Another fella then has recurring headaches for years. It occurs the back of the head. He's recently had it for over a week. Now, he's on the waiting list for a rheumatologist for a year. He's taken paracetamol. But he wants about a pain control. All right. What about the fella who lies down and gets a headache? Lies Migraine? D- no. I think sinuses, actually, because he's talking about a frontal headache in his forehead and above his eyes. Right. Um, so there's not an awful lot going on there. And I think that it is sinuses most likely because sometimes a blocked sinus will hurt you more, George, like a blocked ear when you lie down because the pressure is raised All in your right, sinus. Does that okay. make sense? Yeah. So, yeah. so I would suggest this guy probably needs, at a very minimum thing, a nasal spray and an antihistamine and possibly uh, an antibiotic and all that kind of stuff. But he certainly needs a, or a sinus rinse. They're very effective, although people don't like using them. So uh, yeah. sinus, the first guy I would suggest. The second guy, I was a bit confused because I, I obviously read his his, his uh, question and I was thinking, why are you on the, the waiting list for a rheumatologist for the year for a headache? Yeah. Because it should be a neurologist. But maybe he if, is waiting for a neurologist. Well, or maybe he just has an outpatient appointment that he thinks is going to f- solve all his problems and it's not. If he has recurrent headaches, first of all, there's lots of things that he can do. He was asking about analgesia, uh, pain management. Um, the main thing is if paracetamol isn't working, provided you're able to tolerate an anti-inflammatory, that's the second thing that you would add. You would add... Um, uh, anti-inflammatories to, to, to paracetamol. Okay. You don't add things with codeine, people. You don't add sulfadine. You don't add Nurofen Plus because codeine gives you a rebound headache. So people who are out there taking codeine for their headaches are on a hiding to nothing. Are you serious? Yeah, absolutely. I, I am constantly astonished by the depth of your medical knowledge. I'm telling you, and George, it's a mile wide and an inch deep. <laughs> yes, now this is Dr. Kira Kelly, who, of course, does the Right Hook Health Checkup every Monday. Lots of texts coming in for the good doctor. If we don't get them today, we will get to them uh, next week. Now, that's from uh, d- d- um, what was I going to say? Dead legs. Newsly and rugby, you get a tackle on the leg and it goes dead. But this fella gets dead legs between his knee and his hip after drinking alcohol. Is this fella serious, is he? I presume he is, George. I would suggest... No, he says he hits his leg to get, and he gets some relief. I don't buy that now. I actually do buy it. Um... Dead, it's a neurological symptom. The question is, why is he having a neurological Not from drinking alcohol, adventure. The question suggest. is, why does he... We see, we see, we have to apply our brilliance here, George, and work out what is going on with this man. So he's getting some kind of a neurological symptom after alcohol. Well, first of all, I think he needs a blood test, to be honest. But second of all, why is he having it? What's going on with his nerves? He may need more than that. He may need a scan. He may need an MRI. But there is some cause. This is not a normal symptom. It could be no, all sorts I, of different I things. I did that not say. I mean, my ignorance makes you look more brilliant and it's a deliberate effort by me to be your straight man. But the key point about I this... I thought is, I was your straight no, man. No, the point I'm saying here is I'm not denying he has a dead leg, right? I'm suggesting that he probably doesn't have a dead leg for alcohol. I also venture to suggest that hitting his thigh a smack with his fist like really is doesn't do an awful lot of good. So I'm saying, I'm not saying there's nothing going on here, but I'm suggesting he may have the wrong reason for it and he certainly has the wrong reason for fixing it. 
Um, sometimes people, when they do have a dead leg, that they do hit it, though, to try and get the circulation going, to try and get the um, neurology altered or what have you. I, I think this guy needs some bloods done, to be honest, and he may need some scans done, too. He may need a scan of his lower back or he may, in fact, need a scan of his brain. But that's that's a bit down the line. I think at a right. minimum he needs some bloods done. All right. This is really interesting because it gets us back to the, the itchy scrotum. It really does. Which is, of course, the, the point of the whole although, health check, although isn't it? Eamon says I'm talking too much about my scrotum because I, I'm sounding like a pervert. But when I went, this is a serious question. You think I'm joking See, when I'm actually deadly serious. When I went to my, what kind of a consultant did I have? Was it vascular? No, With, for the itch. Oh, dermatology. Dermatologist, yeah. Mr. Dr. O'Connell. Okay, I thought you went to uh, Bridget thingy. Bridget O'Connell. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bridget. Now, she said because she couldn't cure it that I should take uh, probiotic yogurts and stuff like this. Right. Right. Now, this reminded me of it. Lisa said, "What's the difference between these probiotics? One costs fifty euro for forty million bacteria, and another costs sixteen euro for four million. She's not serious. I think she is serious. And I think that she is like many people out there who have bought into the idea and it's not their fault because it's marketed at them very effectively but this is the stuff that, that they, need, they need supplements for everything why does this woman think she needs these probiotics what's wrong with her that she needs them because these bacteria go into your gut and they clear up all the rubbish the marketing man says I tell you that won't help your scrotum you don't want to be smearing the probiotics well, maybe, on to be fair now to Dr O'Connell maybe she didn't give me probiotics maybe she gave me something did. else <laughs> But I would suggest, you know what, I would suggest the lovely Lisa that saves all her money and doesn't buy any probiotics right. and she'd be grand. And we'll give Dr O'Connell the right to reply to come <laughs> in. <laughs> uh, somebody's come back to you on coding. What do you mean coding is a hiding to nothing? I get migraines regularly. Coding's fantastic for shifting the pain. Mm. Uh, a teetotaler, John Nattenroy, gets them at the weekend. He doesn't drink. Here's the thing about codeine. Codeine causes rebound headaches and lots and lots of people come and see me and they say, I'm popping salpidine like you wouldn't believe it and the headaches are getting worse, not better. And I say, stop the salpidine and you might find you have no headaches at all. Codeine, I never use it for headaches. It causes headaches. Now, if you use it very rarely and very occasionally, that's better, but certainly regular use is not good for lots of reasons. It's also addictive. Sarah in Kilkenny, recurring bad back pain, radiating around to her stomach. She's had recurring kidney infections in the past. She's completely exhausted. She looks wrecked. She's due to see a urologist soon. Are kidneys the issue here? I think they are, actually. I, th- I mean, I read that through and she was saying that she had the back pain and it radiates round into, into her abdomen and all that kind of stuff. And most back pain, most musculoskeletal back pain does not do that. It can radiate down your legs and do other stuff like that, but it doesn't normally come around from the back into the front. But that does happen with your ureters, which are the little tubes that come out of your kidneys. And if you're getting pain that's actually flank pain and, and kidney pain and renal pain, it will radiate well, from kind of back to front. Her anyway. Yeah, and I think she, she certainly needs to because she shouldn't all be looking right. wrecked and she shouldn't be feeling exhausted. So I think yes, yes, right. it is. Mary, her now, Mary, I'm going to give you a bit of simple advice before Doctor Kelly gets to the ambulance. <laughs> Mary's hearing is becoming less good. She has the ears syringed; it improves a bit, but it's bad again. Is it inevitable at age sixty nine? When you're sixty nine, you're happy to be alive. Why are you worrying about your hearing? 
What I loved about 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 Mary. When you get older, you see less, hear less, taste less. Did you hear that you're not officially out of middle age now until you are 68 or 69? That's the new new official line. Anyway, will you sort Mary out? What I loved about Mary's thing was she she says, is it inevitable and is there nothing (laughs) I can do? Mary, yes, it is inevitable. But yes, there is something you can do. Get a bloody hearing aid. We all wear glasses, but we're all loath to stick something in our ears. That's brilliant. Of course it is. I can never understand why people are so reluctant to get a hearing aid. We lose our our eyesight and we lose our hearing with age. Nobody bats an eyelid about putting on glasses, but we're terrified of hearing aids. Uh, this woman is extraordinary. Ladies and gentlemen, when I discovered her as a young trainee doctor all those years ago in University College Dublin, I saw the talent then, the talent that you are beneficiaries of tonight on the Right Hook Health Checkup presented by Dr. Kira Kelly, <laughs> assisted by me. They, because the hearing aids now, unlike, of course, the huge things. Oh, they're, they're tiny. Invisible. Oh, my God. They're tiny. They're flesh coloured. They sit in the hole of your ear. Oh, they yeah. they amplify everything and they make a difference. Because do you know what? Here's the thing. And this is the important reason why I would advise anyone to do this. Having loss of hearing is isolating socially. Oh, yeah. You go I out imagine. in a group. You don't know what people are saying and it starts to get in on you and they're laughing and everything and you feel out of it. You feel left to one side and sometimes you even feel a little bit paranoid that they're laughing at you. So hearing is a real problem for okay. people. All right. 10 out of 10. Extraordinary performance. A tour de force, in fact, by Dr. Kelly. Now, this one I'm deadly serious about because this will worry you. A lump appears on a lymph node below my ear. It appeared within two days, small in size. No symptoms or anything. 30 years old. Lymph node cancer is very worrying, isn't it? Yes, but this doesn't sound like oh, lymph right. node cancer. Okay. So let's right. let's reassure this person. Okay, you, your body is constantly under attack from infection in the head area. Okay, because bacteria and viruses and all that assault you through the ears and through the eyes and through the nose and through the mouth and, and through your skin as well. So it's an area that's constantly under attack and it's an area that you've got a squillion different lymph nodes in and they react and they don't always react to what you perceive to be an infection because they're so efficient so you get a little bit of food under the side of your gum and your lymph node goes up but you didn't know you had an infection you get um, a little spot that you nicked yourself shaving and your lymph node goes up but you don't think you have an infection you you, you know what I mean you're, you're, you All get right. a, bit, a, bit, a bit of a scratch on your ear and you get a lymph node goes up the only reason this person needs to worry is if it persistently stays up what? I would suggest ignore it for three to four weeks if it's still there go and get a blood test but the chances are you're grand don't worry about it Alright I think I think we had oh we had a dame called Lisa on earlier on with her probiotics yeah, right? yeah. I hope this is a different Lisa but she's finished chemo for breast cancer right however her body is feeling this is in May six months later pretty well five months her body's feeling like an 80 year old uh, and now uh, she has a sore foot that looks like a bruise but it's not bruised um, leg pain behind her leg I mean, chemo is unbelievably debilitating, isn't it? Chemo is unbelievably debilitating and lots of people who've had chemo will feel knackered for a very long period of time afterwards. The fatigue post-cancer and post-chemo is big. Having said that, even though we would like to say it's probably something and nothing and it probably is something and nothing, there's a couple of things Lisa needs to do. She needs to um, have an x-ray of her foot 
and she may need to have a bone scan as well simply as a routine precaution it's part of the protocol post having had cancer post having had um, chemo it's not to be ignored so she needs to go and get those two things done and hopefully everything will be fine right. but okay. they, they both need to be checked but but the fatigue is kind of normal right, we have to fly fella stretched his Achilles he's gone to the physio at acupuncture three year, three weeks later still so the Achilles is unbelievable. unbelievable so, it me twice yeah. um, stand on the bottom of your stairs on the bottom step and stretch your heel backwards down for back down back backwards down and look up Alfredson protocol on the internet Alfredson protocol will tell you what and to do walk to work on a tennis ball isn't that what you that's plantar fasciitis do you know what wear the highest heeled shoes you have and that if you're Des, Des, wear the highest heel shoes and you Just can <laughs> wear dress as well if you like it helps as well not with the Achilles but it helps with everything else now what about people who have itchy backsides see I'm not the only one this is affecting listeners he's awake every night with an itchy backside he's tried every cream under the sun he's been injected for piles it's going on for 10 years help Lower tog duvet, don't sleep anything too hot. Use an antihistamine, never wash with soap, wash with something like Silcox base and you will need creams and they'll have to have a steroid in them. Do you know Possibly what? an antifungal. Do you know what a real doctor told me about itchy uh, scrotum? A real doctor? No, do do enlighten me. He said if you, you should wear a kimono because what? Because it's tight underwear. All your points. He's actually backing you up. Well, it's all there's that kind a surprise, of George. It's all that kind of heat stuff. So yes. Wear a kimono. Yes, I, I can only now get the so image. Itchy, of, the itchy. image of you in a kimono is now burnt into my brain. All right. Uh, oh, yeah, listen, I'm just going to go on this one because I can't help it. I ran a marathon on Monday, he says, right? And my very coarse veins are, hurting, are burning hot every now and again. What do I do, Doc? Get your veins done by the fellow who was in here a few weeks ago, Sean O'Neill. He runs a marathon. He's wondering why his very coarse veins are hurting. Can, can I just add, in the meantime, while you're sore and waiting for your appointment with the vascular surgeon, you might want to take a bit of an anti-inflammatory because you have thrombophilbitis. His veins are sore and hot. He needs something for them. Oh, oh, oh what did he take? He's t- something like ibuprofen over the counter. Oh, an anti-inflammatory. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And otherwise, your man, Sean O'Neill, who was in here a few weeks ago, he'll fire five million u- <laughs> stuff down your veins and you'll be happy as a sandboy and you'll be able to swim in the sea. Uh, my thanks to the young general trainee general practitioner from Greystones, Dr. Kira Kelly. Uh, and next week, we'll take all the texts that we didn't get to this week.